I'll share. I'll share a little bit, but I'll be a footnote, and no, you'll no, be the you paragraph. No, I mean you have to share the microphone. You are my paragraph. I'm not share a little bit. You I have love to share you. the microphone. You can't just take the computer away. I will. I like to wander off with things. You know me. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm already recording that Gulliver <laughs> Giles and Leela Cosgrove. Welcome back to Bacon Wrap Business. You may recognize one of those accents from a previous episode, Gulliver Giles, who was one of the most popular episodes on Bacon Wrap Business, all about sales and closing and doing it from just a, a place of love, which you don't hear very often. And I am happy as hell to welcome back Gulliver to the show. And- <laughs> And his beautiful wife, Leela Cosgrove. Leela, how are you doing today? I'm awesome, Brad. How are you? Doing great. I'm really excited. You weren't on the last episode, so I'm happy to get you on here on this one. So happy to be here. He, I mean, he kept on saying that you were the brains behind the whole thing anyway, so. He says it a lot. <laughs> I live in fear. I live in fear. You better say it. The one man who can put the fear in Thor's eyes. Or the one person who can put the fear in Thor's eyes. That's awesome. So, for all my listeners, if you have not, um, if you have not listened to Gulliver's um, episode in the past, and you have anything to do with selling things to people, especially if you do it on the phone or in person, um, go listen to that episode right now. I'll put a link in the show notes. And as a as a little more frame of reference, I met both Gulliver and Leela. Uh, several years ago at, uh, I think we originally met at a Frank Kern mastermind or event and um, have kept in contact ever since and really watched what you guys have been doing and it's been awesome helping people really understand how to uh, not only explode a business from the sales side but also from the marketing side and whether it's online sales funnels and traffic generation and Facebook advertising, you name it, it's kind of a, a really powerful team you guys have there. And recently, I've just seen some of the stuff that you guys have been putting out about this thing called the 8%. And I wanted to get you guys on here, especially Leela, and talk about what is the 8%? Yeah, cool. Um, I guess for me, I mean, the 8% is, let me give an overview first. I'm like, what do I want to do? I talk about it. I want to talk about all the things at the same time. Calm brain. Because <laughs> I, I hear the, you know, over here, especially in the U.S., we everything's about, oh, the 1%, the 1%, the evil 1%, the people who have all the money, yes. all the greedy 1%. So what's but, this 8% about? Is it anything the 8% like that? are different to the 1%. And thank you for bringing that up because it's a good distinction to make at the beginning. So for me, the 8% are people who are obsessed with excellence. Now, they might not be rich. You can have absolutely, you can have 8% nurses and 8% teachers. They're not necessarily the people who are making the most money, but they're the people in every industry and a lot of entrepreneurs, but sometimes in day jobs as well, like I said, nurses, teachers, who are obsessed with excellence, who love what they do so much that they are constantly driving innovation forward. They're constantly striving to make things better and to achieve the next thing and the next thing in terms of not from a place of ego-driven, money-driven selfishness, but from a place of uh, deeply caring about whatever their particular topic is um, and really loving what they do and wanting to make the world better in that particular way. That's such a cool concept, especially like I'm just recently off uh, rereading one of uh, Seth Godin's books, and it's um, it, it's really about treating everything you do as art, 
whether yes. it's you're an right. entrepreneur or you're an artist or you're or you're just an employee but you know making your work like art and bringing that passion into it so is that kind of what you're talking about here that is like bang on exactly what I'm talking about. Um, in fact, one of the taglines for the website that we we have, the 8% website we have, is entrepreneurship meets art. Huh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like, because it's something I'm super passionate about from both ends, both like you say, both entrepreneurs becoming more artistic, but then artists becoming more entrepreneurial as well. And for me, the crossover, that's probably my sweet spot that I'm most excited by, is that crossover between musicians, visual artists, um, writers, and the entrepreneurial world. Like that to me is such an exciting space. So so give me an example of some of the, and I know you've, you've got a, a handful of examples on your website here, but for folks unlike me who aren't staring at your website right now, which is the eight, the number 8percent.com, give me an example of who some of, some big 8%ers are that are noteworthy. Probably the easiest one that people really get their heads around because everyone knows who they are is Steve Jobs, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got somebody there who was not in it for the money. You've got someone who was absolutely obsessed with his product down to like every detail of his product, um, down to what the motherboard of a computer looked like even though nobody was ever going to see it. Because if you've ever tried to get a motherboard out of a Mac, you know it's not as easy as it is with a PC. Yeah. No one going to see it, but he, he, that was still for him. He was absolutely obsessed with the design of that. Um, it just cared so much about what he did and about the way in which it was going to change the world and was still dedicated to it even while he was dying of cancer, like literally died doing this because, you know, you hear that stuff about how that old saying that goes around, nobody on their deathbed wishes they'd spent more time at the office. I'm not convinced that's completely true. Mm -hmm. I think 8%ers love what they do so much, they'll be doing it like Steve on their deathbed because it's a bigger vision. Um, there's a phenomenal chef in uh, New York and his name is Dan Barber. Um, and he says, one of my favorite quotes from him ever is, if your vision can be achieved in one lifetime, you're thinking too small. <laughs> that's good. So it really is, and that was, and I think that's why Steve was working on his deathbed because his vision was not about his lifetime. It wasn't about him. It was about what he was doing and the level to which that was going to have an impact on the world. So I think that's like a really, it's a good example that everybody can kind of get their head around. Now, look, Steve copped a lot of shit. Look at it for being that people say he was an asshole, he was a tyrant. You know, a lot of horrible things about him. And I honestly believe that the reason for that was, and it's definitely a hallmark of the eight percent is that he was so dedicated to the work that everything came second. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't care about your feelings, but he didn't care about his own feelings either. It wasn't about his ego, although, you know, we've all got ego. That's all going to be tied up in it. It was about the work, and the work was central to everything. Yeah, and it sounds like the 8%ers are the people who would do what they're doing regardless of the money. That <laughs> Money is not what motivates them, but exactly. it just so happens that a lot of them are rewarded with money because what they provide is so valuable in so many different areas of life. Absolutely. A lot of them do end up making quite significant amounts of money. Well, um, yeah, and that's what mo money is simply a result. Exactly. Of Look, it's, two, it's twofold for the 8% as well. Like for them, money's important insofar as 
you can't focus on your great work if you're having to worry about pay the bills, yeah? Like if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs where he talks about you need to be at that self-actualization, that top of the hierarchy of needs where all of your basic needs are taken care of. So you need money for that, yeah? So that you don't have to worry about paying the bills. You can just focus on delivering what you need to deliver. And then on the other hand of it as well, in order to get your – you don't do your great work for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it is mm -hmm. for you, but it's not just for you. It's like any kind of art. Art is about communication. It's about change. It's about taking an idea and putting it out into the world. Not necessarily for everybody. Not everyone's going to get it, but for the people who do get it. Um, yeah, that's it, that brings up one of the things that I read. I th and I think it was Seth Godin who had said this in the book, but was um, it's not art until you share it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It can't be. Like, you, you have to share it with people and that's the whole point art is about communication if you're just communicating yep, yep. with yourself like you already know what you know and what you think that the point of art is communication um, and so too the point of your great work as an entrepreneur as a teacher as a nurse, whatever it is you're doing it, it really is about that communication so to communicate with as many people as possible you need money to get your message out you need money to be able to advertise to write books to publish books to do tv shows like whatever it is that you need to do to get that message out there you need money for that so it has nothing to do with the money but it also has everything to do with the money <laughs> <laughs> okay so explain that i think i get it but i want you to elaborate yeah, it has nothing to do with the money because it's not about money for money's sake, but it's everything to do with the money because without the money, you can't achieve the things that you need to achieve. Like mm -hmm. you need to have those basic, you need to be able to take care of your family and keep a roof over your head. Um, and you need to be able to get that message out to as many people as possible and communicate with as many people as possible. The more money you have, the more ability you have to do those things. And, and if I may, like Leela went through the journey of discovering this, particularly in the last few years, because we reached a point where... We had made all the money. Uh -huh, like absolutely. we'd reached our financial targets in our internet marketing sales consulting business and it suddenly struck Leela that she didn't want to be helping internet marketers make more money necessarily, that she didn't want to help people make money for money's sake, that she was really interested in doing something bigger that was more impactful on the world and more creative and it, it, it's amazing. Yeah, I think I always knew that. I think deep down... I have always had this idea that I was destined to do something bigger on this planet. I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel that way. Yeah. Um, and I think I got into marketing and, and the stuff that we've done and it was what was in front of me and it was clearly an opportunity. I was apprenticed to a self-made millionaire. I had the opportunity to work with him. Um, he was the managing director of Jay Abraham Asia Pacific in Australia. So I got to go to a lot of Jay's stuff. I got to go to a lot of Tony's stuff. Um, so I saw all of these opportunities and I just took them and ran with them, but I always felt, I mean, that was 10 years ago now, I always felt at a deeper level that I had something bigger inside of me. I just didn't quite know what it was or how it was going to come out. Um, and then, you know, we hit the million dollar, $2 million mark and I had what I call, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through it, the million dollar meltdown. Yeah. Um, yeah. where you hit that point where you're like, all right, well, I've got the money, I've got the stuff, I can buy the handbags and the cars and do the things. Is this all there really is? Like, is this is this what my life is? It just doesn't seem like much. Yeah, it's that point of diminishing return where it's great. And then, and I forget what the studies are, whether it's, I think it may be like $250,000 or something. Yep. Yep. So you, you're familiar with what I've heard where after you make like $250,000 a year, your life does not get exponentially better. 
Correct. It's, or your, I take that back. Your your happiness and fulfillment doesn't get exponentially better. Yeah, yeah, you can buy nicer things, you can buy nicer cars, but those don't make as big of a difference as the jump from let's say thirty thousand to a hundred thousand exactly. does. Yeah, and it is also like you said, you've had this in you, but you know, to, to contribute something bigger than just the make money. But it's that I think that's a natural step too, and it's almost like putting the you know, it, it, they say in the airplane, you you know, you put the bag, the uh, oxygen mask on yourself first. So that oxygen mask was okay. I'm going to get successful, so exactly. that I, and I'm going to focus on the money, and we're going to get sales, and we're going to build a business. And then you hit that point where like, okay, now the next step, the next evolution is to help people elevate past that as well, right? Yeah, totally. And look, for me, the way I came about came onto you know the eight percent funding. What my great work was. I mean, for starters, Gulliver is really super passionate about the sales stuff, in case you haven't noticed. That, <laughs> that, is, that is his great work. And so in the business, he had all this passion. He cares so much about it that I kind of like, I built the business around that to a large extent because it's what he was so great at. I was like, well, we can make money doing this. Gulliver cares deeply about it. So let's just kind of mold the business around this while I'm figuring out what the hell I want to do. We'll, we'll focus on his stuff. So we started building that, but it was having that money and having that stuff that actually gave me the experiences I needed to figure out what my great work was and to have this whole 8% breakthrough. If we hadn't have been making significant amounts of money, um, I, I experiences I had, one of my favorite bands growing up was a band called Everclear, who you might remember. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar uh, with them, yeah. LA band. So they recently, I've, I've stayed a fan of theirs for the last, oh, God, what, 20 years now? <laughs> and um, and their albums, Gulliver and I had, like, our wedding waltz to one of their songs. Like, they're one of my favorite bands. Um, and last year they decided they were going to crowdfund their latest album. So one of the perks when you crowdfunded at the $1,500 level was to go and get tattooed with the lead singer. Um, and I was just like, oh, my God. I, I kind of freaked out about it for, like, 30 minutes about whether I was actually going to do it because I was like, I'm going to be, like, this horrible fangirl who's all like, <laughs> I'm just going to revert to a screaming 16-year-old. Um, so You were very cool. I was pretty, I was maybe a little bit too cool. That's <laughs> yeah, really funny. Oh, oh, do you know who you are? No, I wasn't that bad. Um, but it was actually that opportunity of going and meeting Art and sitting down and talking to him, and he's – so fascinating. I mean, he's a qualified life coach. So talking to him about music and about he's really big on um, wealth consciousness and art being and his music being something that, you know, why shouldn't he make money out of it? Having coming from a very poor background, having the ability to support his family and all of that kind of stuff. And we talked a lot about that stuff and and had a conversation about doing some stuff together going forward and he was really excited about the opportunities for speaking and things like that and I was like dying because he's like my childhood hero and he's like yeah I'd love to do some stuff with you guys and I'm like oh oh my god oh my god that's amazing (laughs) but uh, you know without having the ability to spend two grand because that was 1500 us so without without having the ability to drop two grand without thinking on something that you know frankly is kind of throwaway really most people hardly hardly central to survival if i didn't have that money i couldn't have taken that opportunity and it was very much that opportunity um and those conversations with him that led me to having that whole eight percent breakthrough yeah absolutely that's 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 fascinating story i love that and it's and it is so true. I mean, you've got to start. You've got to you've got to build the resources so that you can play a bigger game. 
And it sounds like that's what you guys have done. You know what I like about it? You, this is bringing up a whole bunch of questions in my head and I'm not writing them down. I'm hoping I'm remembering <laughs> them all. <laughs> so um, one of the things I like about this, so about the concept of the 8%, which I also want to know where where'd you get that statistic? Did you just pull that out of the air, or are there are some statistics that Sorry. show. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> so, um, so funnily enough, so after the whole conversation with Art, after getting the tattoo, uh, my sister, who's my director of marketing in my business, and I sat down, and we were having a conversation about what we could do. And the first thing we came up with was how we'd love to do. Um, a festival and we're very much talking about this idea of entrepreneurship meeting art and we got really excited about like doing an event that would have like multiple speakers from different industries talking about their field of excellence we're trying to figure out what to call it um, and I was I was talking to her about an experience that Gulliver and I had had actually at a Frank Kern mastermind where there'd been these guys there and they did a very successful banner advertising company, managed multi-millions a month in doing banner advertising for people. And they were looking at our offering and they, and they asked who we were going after. And I said, look, creative entrepreneurs, people who are not necessarily in a creative industry but are creative people, convergence of art and entrepreneurship. And this guy said to me, well, that's not really a media-ready ready offer. And Gulliver laughed and said, tell that to Apple. And I was like, that's a really good point. Our yeah. market, that is very much Apple users. So I was saying this to my director of marketing. And she was like, yeah, okay, so we're going to target Apple people. And then she, she's a bit of a snob. So she doesn't have an iPhone, but we've only ever owned Mac computers. But she, she's a bit snobby about the whole thing. She's like... She's like, yeah, yeah, but not like new school, like iPhone people, like the old school Mac people. I used to work very briefly because I was a really shitty salesperson in those days. Um, <laughs> in the year 2000, I worked for a very brief stint at an Apple store in the Sydney CBD. And the people who came in there were all artists, musicians, TV personalities, designers, fashion people. Like it was just like a constant parade of famous people from the society pages. Um, and in those days, Apple's market share was 8%. And we all knew that. And we were really proud of the fact that 92% of people didn't get it and that the 8% of people who did get it were these top people in their field. So when Jenna said to me, yeah, like those old school um, Mac people, not not the new iPhone people, I'm like, yeah, like the people who were 8%. The early oh adopter is the one who got it. Yeah, oh, I love that. Oh That's my so God. cool. The 8%. And Jenna says now, she's like, like I will never forget the look on your face the moment you had that breakthrough. It was just like choirs of angels, like the heavens opened up and choirs of angels started. Uh, that's oh great. By the way, that's such a cooler Genesis story than like, well, we read a survey. We read about a survey that said 8% of people are working in creative industries. That's awesome. You know what else I like about this concept too? So it sounds, let me kind of like repeat this. You tell me if I'm right. The 8% are the people who they really care. They put their passion into what they're doing. They, they, they give a shit. They, they treat their work like art, whether they're an employee, they're a business owner, they're an artist or whatever, and they really care about the results and the outcome, and it's not just about the money. Well, so what's cool about this is a couple things is, A, those people, are, like we mentioned, are usually rewarded with you know, sometimes great fortunes, but oftentimes just great fulfillment in their life, whether or not they make millions of dollars a year or not, but they're really fulfilled, which is way more important than money. 
but also that this is not like one of those things where I've heard like, oh, 10% of the people have the gene to be the entrepreneur, the risk-taking gene, or X percent of people are geniuses, or 1% of the people control all the wealth. It's That's something that is really hard to change, but it sounds as if in order to be in the 8%, you really just have to decide. Yeah. You, to you to give a shit, right? Just decide. <laughs> I want to give a shit. I'm going to give a shit and yes. and create and treat your life and work like art. Mm-hmm. And now you you are like a member. It, it sounds like a very easy club to get in, but one that most people they just have mental barriers around getting in. Yeah, totally. Look, I believe that everybody has a great work. Yeah, and for some people, their great work might be being a parent. It might be being an eight percent parent. You know, it could be your children are your great work. Like everybody has a great work, it's figuring out what that is for you. So it's really making the decision for me is the beginning of what I call the 8% quest. So you'll put your foot down at some point and just be like, right, I just want to figure out what my great work is. And I think particularly entrepreneurs, but a lot of people feel deeply down inside that there is something that they were put on this planet to do, that their birth was not an accident and that they're here for a reason. Some of them know exactly what that reason is and some of them have no idea and are constantly, I know I was, constantly frustrated by wanting to know what it is and kind of trying a few things and being like, oh, that's not quite it. I'm not quite sure what it is. I just know I'm meant to do something. Yeah. And, you know, I've honestly struggled with that in the past personally, where it's like I don't have that one, even to this day, like I don't, I, I, to this day, I don't have that one thing that I'm so passionate about. Like I said, that I would do this for free. Or maybe I do have that and I just haven't stumbled across it because I still like to be rewarded for the money. But, um, Me too. Yeah. But, yeah, speaking as somebody who probably is much more like the audience, like there's a lot of things I love to do. I do love, uh, I do love business and I love marketing. I, I do treat it as a game and I'm much more successful when I treat it as a game and something that, you know, not to take too seriously, but try to treat it like an, like art. Although I haven't kept that in the front of my mind as a, necessity in the past but what you know is your is your is your mission at the eight percent is it to help people give them the resources the mindset the tools the guidance the hand-holding the community in order to to help them take those steps and become one of the eight percent if they so choose it's twofold. It is absolutely to help people uncover their great work. I'm working with a lot of people right now who are who know they're called to something higher but just aren't sure what it is um, and who are setting off on that 8% quest. Um, and then the other side of it is really providing the resources and, and bringing a community together. We're looking at running an event in Australia next year, which will be like a two-day festival that brings these people together, kind of like Ted meets South by Southwest, yeah? Like Mm, having all the musicians and artists and filmmakers and chefs and fashion designers and nurses and teachers and all of those people in one room together to discuss excellence and discuss different ideas and discuss how they're being innovative in their particular field and how that can then translate to other fields. So both of those things are, are absolutely what we're aiming for with the 8%. And I think the more we bring those people together and find the mm. stories of how they discovered their great work, then it's going to be a lot easier for us to develop frameworks to help people find that. I mean, if you look at 
if you look at um, all of the things that we've done with everybody in our community who's in the multiple six or seven figures, they all have this thing that none of them are just doing it to make a million dollars. They've all, there's something bigger that drives them, and when they find it, when it, when they find it, you watch them catch on fire with what they do, and it's yeah. just so bloody inspiring. I mean, like watching Leela have this breakthrough, and you look at her story was when she was a young girl in the poor suburb with the dad trying to bring up four kids on a sub $50,000 wage, working in a factory, working night shift, she really, really wanted to be someone who hung out with the rock stars. She wanted to hang out with intelligent, cool people. And I always really interpreted, I had this picture in my head when I was 16 and for many, for 20 years, I interpreted it as I wanted to be famous because (laughs) in my head, I was like hanging out with all these famous people, including art from Everclear. So how did I manifest that one? Um, But, but what's really interesting is when I had this big breakthrough, I had this sudden realization that this picture I'd had in my head for 20 years, I'd been interpreting it all wrong. Because that picture was never me on a stage. It wasn't me singing or acting. It was me at a party talking to these hyper-creative people and having conversations with them and in a really casual kind of setting, not even in like a work setting. And I realised, oh, my God, that's, that is, like, that's what the 8% is and that's what I actually want to be doing with my life is just being around hyper-creative people and having conversations and doing cool projects together, like... That is what lights me on fire. It doesn't even matter what the projects are. It's just fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm very similar on that. Like one of the big projects I'm working on right now is like I'm the complete creative component of it. And it's, it's the most fun I've had in a long time is, you know, in working this out and strategizing and working with other people who think very much alike. And obviously, you know, I run in very entrepreneurial circles. I've got very few friends who, do, who don't work for themselves in one way, sh- shape or form. And one of the things I love about this community, and it started off as just internet marketers when I got into that, and then it's you know kind of blossomed into everybody from internet marketers to startups to uh, just business owners and entrepreneurs and coaches and consultants and you name it. You know, a lot of us are eight percenters, but what yeah. I love is the fact is the, the difference between in my old life working in a cubicle in a corporate. Whenever we would, I would get together with friends or coworkers after work for drinks or whatever work would never be discussed unless it was complained about and it was always either you know either office politics or gossip or oh man my job sucks i gotta find something new or or we would just talk about sports and girls and just different things that you know it's still fun to talk about but these days whenever i get together with my friends who are all eight percenters who are all entrepreneurs and people who who don't mind taking a risk love being creative we talk about work because that's the most fun thing possible and we come up with new ideas to create, whether it's experiences or products or or brands or you name it. And it's it's so enlightening to you know to, to get together with like minded people, whether it's at an event or a coffee shop, and and imagine and create. Yeah. So I I love what direction you're going on there. Yeah, totally. You know, it's one of those funny things, you know, there's that old saying I, I like to, to rip apart old sayings because I hate conventional wisdom but there's that old saying that if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life I disagree I believe if you're eight percent you work every day of your life because work is not a dirty word it's the most enjoyable creative life-bringing energetic amazing opportunity that you are blessed to have yeah and I think if you love what you do you'll work harder 
than anything yeah. else because you will and it, it just won't work won't be a that four letter word of uh I hate work. You may hate parts of it, but you'll view the work as something much bigger and much as part of something that you know, it's part of a much bigger vision. Yeah, I feel honored and blessed to be allowed to work in the way that I do. It's a privilege. I feel it's a privilege. Yeah. yeah. One of our great friends, Marty Skybosch, um, who's this incredible Hollywood guy, really obsessive 8% master of what he does, he, he always shares this quote, and it's a movie director, and he says, I can't remember the movie director, but he says that collaboration is the sex of creativity. It's Francis Ford Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, I love it. And it's like when we get together and we get to have these conversations with eight percenters like you, everybody lights on fire because all of a sudden we're all talking about what we're all here for and what our real purpose is. And we will work like Steve all hours of the day and night doing what we love and in a way that no one else who's in something that's not really rewarding them could ever understand. And I think when you look back to what motivated you to get started down this path, you see the seeds of what your great work is and you start to touch on that more deeply. I see a lot of stuff in the industry right now in the wealth creation, personal development, business development, internet marketing world that plays this whole game of be happy where you are. And look, you, you should be, like, like, don't get me wrong. I am absolutely amazingly grateful for everything I have in my life. I am absolutely blessed to be where I'm at and I, I couldn't want for anything. But at the same time, striving, innovation, creating more, being more, doing more, that is, it is the essence of human happiness. It really is that next level. And there's so much, so much of people saying at the moment, oh, just be happy where you're at. Don't strive for more. Don't do more. Just be comfortable. And it's like, I just, I, that drives me crazy because it's like the antithesis to everything the 8% stands for. Yeah. There's really that, there's really that delicate balance because there is the type of people who, and maybe this is the audience that needs to hear that, the type of people who are just always unhappy because they always think that something better is going to happen to them. Yeah. to them around the bend and they're like oh I don't if I get a nicer house if I drive a nicer car I'll be happier if this happens then I'll be happy and it's like no happy is something you choose yeah. so choose to be happy where you're at and when you okay. do that but then strive exactly. for strive for that um, excellence I heard I think I don't know if it was um, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name it was the, the author of Flow you ever read that book he's got no. this like Oh, I can't even pronounce his name. But I think he talked about how one of the keys is being focused on the future. Mm -hmm. But and I, I want to see if I can get this correct. You know, your eyes toward the future, but your uh, what I want to say. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw this up, so I don't even want to <laughs> jack with it. But it's like you know, you're grounded in the present. You're grateful for the present. Yeah. Um, and you're realistic, but your eyes are going, you know, are forward because if it's anything different, if you're, if you're not grounded in the present and you're just facing forward, you're today's unhappy because you're exactly. so focused there. And if you're focused in the past, you know, today's unhappy. And if you're, if you're not focused on the future at all, you're just like, man, I'm just going to be happy and peaceful, love and hippie in the, in the present. Well, you're not ever going to accomplish anything in your life. And it's exactly. that delicate balance. And that's when you're in flow, when you're grounded in the present and grateful, but focused on a bigger vision. That's when you're moving forward and doing your best work. Totally. One of the things I did at the start of this year 
I'm, I am like many entrepreneurs, I have been guilty of being the striver and the next thing will make me happy and the next thing will make me happy. Oh. I have been very, I've been guilty of that in my life and found that it hasn't made me happy. So one of the things I did at the start of this year, you know, I don't need a vision board because my mind is a vision board. I think of something I wanted, I go and get it. Yeah. So what I created instead at the start of this year is a gratitude board. So throughout the year, every time something really cool has happened, like getting the tattoo with art, or we just came back from Japan, which was an amazing experience, I take a photo from that experience and I paste it on my board. Nice. Um, and I have that board next to my computer because it reminds me anytime things are tough or even when things are good, to just look at it and just be like, holy crap. We've had, in some ways, uh, probably one of the toughest years in our business that we've ever had. Um, just a whole bunch of stuff going on behind the scenes. It's been like, you know, people screwing us over and messing with us and all of those things that happen when you get successful in business. But on the other hand, I've also had the most amazing year of my life. It's been, it's been a weird year. It's been simultaneously the hardest and most rewarding year that I've ever had. And that board just reminds me to stay grateful for the moment and grateful for everything that the business allows me to do and for everything that we've created. Um, and then, you know, my mind is very good at wandering forward into the future and figuring out what's next and what's next and what's next. So I agree that it, the balance of the two of those things is absolutely key. Any one to the, uh, to the detriment of the other is going to make you unhappy. Yeah, and it's, it's that gratitude that really does keep you grounded when things get really, really hectic. Yeah, and things go. Pro hey, mo money, mo problems. You know, right. that's what they say. So, um, I think that's really powerful. So, I am clicking around on the eight percent dot com. First of all, I think you've done a, a great job of just building a really pretty site. Like it's beautiful. Like you got awesome graphics and you know neat interaction. Tell me about some of the resources that are over here for people if they're like you know I really resonate with this and either I I feel like I am an eight percent or I want to step into those shoes what kind of resources do you have over here for them oh there's a whole bunch of really awesome stuff for those people who are kind of at that point of sort of wanting to step into their eight percent work um we have a really awesome creativity <coughs> course all free stuff a really awesome creativity course is just all about really tapping into its advanced creativity tapping into the creative side of your brain and really going from being just an amusing air quotations just an entrepreneur to an entrepreneur artist um, something I definitely recommend, uh, I did an interview with a lady called Nadine Champion um, that's on there under podcasts. She's amazing. She's an Australian lady who spoke at TEDx Sydney this year. Um, and she's a martial artist who is an undefeated full contact fighter uh, and also is currently in remission from cancer. And she is just mind-blowing. I mean, she perfectly typifies what I talk about when I'm talking about the 8%. She's such a warrior artist. She's just amazing. So that's a really inspirational piece to listen to. She just It's just me fangirling all over. I just see they go, oh my gosh, you're amazing. You're no, amazing. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> so now are you are you coaching people? Are you are you selling courses? Because one of the things I, and I think, uh, uh, let's talk, let's talk about the, you know, the monetization, the business model of this, because I'm sure you're not just doing it because you're bored. I mean, I know you want to help, you know, it sounds like you want to help create a movement and you want to do some other stuff. What, uh, like, are, are you working with people individually in groups? Are you doing anything that, you know, if people are like, I definitely need help and I, I don't mind investing in myself. Do you have those offers? Yeah, look, one of the cool things about 
building a really big business before you figure out what your great work is. So having a couple of million dollars coming in before you figure out what the great work is, is there's no rush to monetize the great work. You can really let it kind of happen organically and naturally. So sort of right now we don't have like specific 8% offerings. Mm -hmm. What we do have is um, a lot of people in our highest level of our mastermind are people who were Interestingly, when I had the breakthrough already in the program and as soon as I said 8%, they're like, yes, that's it. That's what we want. That's exactly who we are and what we're doing. So it was a very natural fit there with people we already had in the community. So certainly there's a lot of 8%ers in our mastermind currently. If I can speak to that point, I think um, what you've probably seen, and you've been around us for a while, Brad, you know, for at least you know three, four, five years almost now, um, we're obsessed with results and our obsession with results and results driven marketing and sales has been perhaps to our detriment in yeah. the last 10 years. You know, everybody else has got the amazing glitter covered turd of sales that isn't sales and isn't salesy <laughs> and everyone else has got the, the amazing bright shiny objects of marketing that lack strategy and never actually get you anywhere but you know, there's a lot of $97 programs being sold in that space. Everyone else has got this whole let's make money for the sake of making money and it's all very robotic. Yeah. And it's here's, all... here's 96 niches in which you can make money. Yeah. It's, like... it's a survey that we completed sounds, on the niche where we made money once and now heart... you can also make money because that is money. My <laughs> heart really hurts when I see that stuff. It's... I know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, we, we kind of lovingly refer to a lot of the internet marketing brethren as the robots. Yeah, They is. don't have the feelings. They don't really give a fuck about anything an but numbers and... <laughs> I have an empathy map which describes human emotions. <laughs> and those guys are gorgeous and they're lovely and some of them really desperately want to be real grown-up boys one day and have feelings, but they're not who I do my best work with and they're not who we do our best work yeah. with. We want to work with passionate, visionary, badass motherfuckers, people like you, 8 percenters who really want to change the world and impact lives and... What we're finding is that now we've given the motherfucking thing a name, now that we've actually given it a voice and a name, people are coming to us saying, hey, I need to learn your sales and marketing strategies so I can grow my great work. And hey, I need to be around a community of other people who are 8% because I'm in an entrepreneurial community right now, but people are doing it for the money or it's or about- Or to stay small. Or to stay small or, or it's about, and I'm being told not to strive for things, but I feel called on a deeper level to do something else. I think- I would say 80% of people buy from us just for the support of being, being part. in the community of other yeah. people who are engaged in, in excellence. You get it. Yeah. And I think if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're being told to take your photo next to a Lamborghini, <laughs> if you're being told that that's all you need to want for, you know, and if you're happy with that, don't come knocking on our door. If you're happy you're to be- You don't even need a sales page if you just take a picture with a Lamborghini. It's like, like right? Everybody right? go, you stand the Lamborghini, take my money. Yeah. yeah. I have- I have no problem with materialism or material goals or success or wealth, but I want fucking more and I want clients that want more and our stuff is now even more useful to these people. We're like the anti-lifestyle business. Yeah. It, opposite. If you're like, like, we're like the opposite of lifestyle business where Gulliver calls it the business lifestyle. Exactly. It's not a lifestyle business. It's a business, business lifestyle. lifestyle. It's like about you can't stop working all the time because you love what you do so much. You don't want a four-hour work week. You want to work all of the time. Sure, you want to you want to systemize and free yourself up, but not so you can go traveling. So yeah. you can work. <laughs> so speaking directly to that, because I have some very recent experience with taking you know three weeks off 
And as we mentioned, as I mentioned before, you know, I just got back from my honeymoon. Uh, I was gone for three weeks, like Greece, the Greek islands, uh, a little time in Istanbul, Turkey. And I didn't do really any, I didn't do any real work. Um, I just let my brain kind of go. And it was really funny because I was, I was, this was in a magical time. I, great hotels, amazing food on the beach, nothing to do. And as much as I loved it, and it was nice to just unplug my brain, it was that itch. After maybe about a week and a half, about 10 days, definitely after 14 days, I was like, um, I really need some mental stimulation. And and I also started to think, okay, let's just say I had a company and I sold it for 50 million bucks or 100 million bucks or whatever. Just, you know, the big cash out payday that all entrepreneurs really secretly want, not even secretly. But I was like, okay, well, what would I do? Well, obviously we would all just go travel like ballers for a while. Uh-huh. And for a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I tell myself I do it for six months, but I'm sitting there going, okay, I'm living kind of that lifestyle. I haven't really thought about work in a little while. As much as I like this, I'm bored. Yeah. And I couldn't wait to kind of get back even into, you know, sometimes the shit storm yep. and go, all right, let's roll up my sleeves. Let's have some fun. Also, look, boredom is important. Understand when I talk about working all the time, I'm not talking hustle for the sake of hustle and ego. Like, I, there's a thing I see sometimes, I saw a thing on Facebook. Actually, I, I coined this term um, white space time because I'd seen this, this thing on Facebook. I don't even know who it was. I can't even remember and I can't find it since. It was a photo of somebody's Google calendar and it just had back-to-back appointments. And it was like, you know, if you, if you have any white space in your diary, you're a pussy. And I'm like, <laughs> Creativity requires that white space. You need time out. I like to, well, I love to travel. I love, we, we spent, um, we've spent the last month on the road uh, and we spent some time in Japan and that was just amazing. Like I had such amazing breakthroughs there, but it all feeds back into the business. Yeah. Um, I love to garden. I like to ferment things. I make my own sauerkraut, my own kombucha. I'm a little bit of a hippie. She made me um, mead. I make mead. I ah, like, that makes sense. Stuff. I need that. I need that hands on. That's my grounding time. But you need the white space. Like the white space time is so crucial. You have to get bored to be creative. If you're just constantly go, 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 go 24-7, you don't have the space to get bored and creativity comes out of boredom. So it's absolutely crucial to have that white space time as well. But I know I scheduled for myself just before we went to Japan, I scheduled like eight weeks downtime. Um, and I got to week six. And when I say downtime, I was still working, but I got to week six and I was like, I have to go and do she something. She was getting really fucking twitchy so and bitchy bored. and oh, yeah. So I need to do it's, something. And it, it is funny you say that too, as well. Like, I, I came back and, you know, now now I'm in this zen out state of just, okay, I'm back. I'm time to re enter the workforce. And, um, this is when, like, the weekend I was back. Like, I was just off this long. I was still jet lagged, and I met yeah. up with these, um, these you know, people that I know about this new project. New, became a new equity-based client. Like, I've got equity in this company to help, you know, launch this new product. And the reason that happened was because they sat down to run some ideas by me, and immediately, I, I like, I impressed myself with the, <laughs> the the creativity that was coming. They go, well, "We need you on the team." We, will you spearhead this? And I was like, yeah, this is going to be fun. So let's do it. And um, it was the day after I got back from just letting my brain have white space, like you said. I, and I like that. It's because uh, it's too often. We we fill it up with crap. Yeah, exactly. This is I, cool. 
this is something that happens to me on sales calls over the last 10 years. You know, you, you, I'd start my sales call and I'd start probing with people. I'd be like, okay, so, you know, if you had a million dollars, you could do whatever you want because they, they weren't sure what their purpose was or what their business was about. I'd say, if you had a million dollars in the bank, you know, you could do whatever the hell you wanted. What would you do? They, they'd all universally say, well, I'd go sit on a beach for like six months. I'm like, no, dude, no, six weeks. Let, let me tell you, after about, we, we, we scheduled four weeks in Fiji this one time uh, last year. And after about week two, you just want to kill everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was. I, I, the only thing, to be honest, I, we were in Mykonos and Naxos and Santorini. It was some most beautiful, beautiful beaches in the world, right? Beautiful. And we, um, I was looking forward to going to the beach so that I could pull out my Kindle underneath, <laughs> right? underneath the umbrella while my, my beautiful bride was getting sun. I was like, nah, I got to get through another book. <laughs> like she's like honey are you coming i was like wait a minute i'm still in the hotel i'm downloading another book on my on wi-fi i'll be right then when it's there and i would be out there for hours she's like you didn't get much sun today you were in the shade the whole day i was like yeah but i read a book because <laughs> i can't stop yeah. right and it's a good thing that the wi-fi is slow because i might be working again yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> That's the most awesome. money, the most money we ever made, the biggest month ever, was when I forced myself to stop at three or four o'clock every day and go fishing every day. I remember you talking about that on Facebook. And I think, I think, like, there's something in that. Like, rather than trying to take six months off, yeah, take some time for yourself. Get that white space. Replenish yourself daily because you're so much more productive and creative and able to be mentally agile if you're doing it regularly, like exercise or good diet. You know, rather than having to take a month out and stuff, if you want to be creative, you've got to have that white space. Absolutely. I think also knowing yourself yeah. and knowing yeah. how you work. Like yeah. I work really well in cycles. So like we've spent, like I said, the last month with four weeks, we did Japan, a week in Japan, <laughs> a week in on the Great Barrier Reef in Port Douglas in Australia, and then two weeks in the States. And that's taxing. Like four weeks of travel like that is really, and we, we oh, yeah. presented oh. for like half of that time. We did like 12 days of presenting over the course of, of that month. Like that's a lot of work. And so when I get back, I need some time, some downtime. Mind you, that said, we've been back for like a week today, just over a week today. And, um, and I've been sick for the last four or five days, but I'm itching to do something again. It's been like a week and I'm just like, can we do something? I'm bored. I don't want to sit here. I'm so over it. Let's go do something. We need to do, let's take over the world. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so ground it back down to what you asked before. Like our programs combine this really, you know, alchemical combination of peak performance psychology, 8% creativity, purpose work, sales, and marketing to help you achieve all of that stuff. So what we've been selling as sales and marketing for so many years has suddenly become so much more mm. relevant because we were getting these people that are, I just want to make a million dollars on the internet and we weren't holding on to them forever because we'd help them make money and then they, they, they would, they'd lose motivation. We've now realized what the issue is, is there's no one who actually really is motivated by money. They're motivated by their great 8% purpose, their great work. And now that we're getting those people, these people are staying forever and they're so happy and they're so monetized but it's not just about the money it's about getting to do what they love and be surrounded by a community Community's of eight percenters that get them like no one else ever has yeah 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 it's yeah. It, it's a it's powerful when you and you put it like that it's um I, I i just love i love what you guys are doing i love how you've given you know brought this eight percent to I mean you and as far as I know you guys own that that is a very that's not just some stat you guys clung to that's a no. 
I, I love it. I love what you've done. That's kind of, you know, created a new blue ocean with that. So what is there anything else you guys want to share about this? I think this is amazing. You like if you just click around, guys, if you go on the the 8, the number 8percent.com and click around, there's so many cool articles. You guys have been at this for a little while, huh? Yeah, we we've actually just recently transitioned. We um about two and a half years ago started a website that we called Profitalist because I wanted to start like an authority <laughs> sort of inspiration site, but I didn't really have a name for it. And Profitalist was like capitalist, but yeah. profit instead of cap it. And it just, it never really quite took off, but we were always creating content for it. Then when we had this 8% breakthrough, it was like, oh, that's what it is. So we've transitioned everything over there now, cool. but it's amazing how all of a sudden we're getting so many more people writing for us. And because people like, obviously Get it. it's such a stronger concept. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've been, it, it always had the same theme it has now. It's just that we've had that breakthrough around, I, I think we've always worked with these people. We've always looked for these people. We haven't really been consciously speaking it the way we are now. Yeah, well, yeah. when you look at like our I Know You video and things like yeah. that, it's always been about this group of people. We just haven't quite had the clarity around who they are and exactly what it was to be able to call out to them in the way we're able to now. So if you're in marketing and you're observing this, Contextually, the issue is always with niche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. The funny thing Leila is telling you is the story of how Profitless actually came about, which is really massive. Because Leila a few years ago went through her own million dollar breakdown, her yeah. own meltdown. And the reason we built Profitless was right, you know what, fuck it. We're going to go for the money. I'm going to build a thing and I'm going to sell it. For and it's going to be $50 billion. Dollars. And it's going to be. Awesome. We're going to create an authority site. We're going to create a media site. We're going to fatten that bitch up and we're going to sell it. And it's only when Leela's hit her massive great work. Yeah. <laughs> and it's suddenly taken off the way it has. Yeah, and right. it's it's just the irony is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. I love it. Well, guys, this has been fun. I, I really love what you're doing and I like the I like seeing the evolution too. But you know, behind you go from you know the business to the purpose, and uh, and then merging them together as well. That's always fun, and it's I think it's one that as entrepreneurs, as eight percenters, we all strive to achieve and to to just pursue that thing where you know we're really really passionate about, so that when we are working, uh, we're loving it, yeah. and it's it's probably more so than having a million dollars more than or 100 million dollars or whatever it's really what i think if you could give somebody a choice you know the genie in the bottle here's one wish would you rather love what you do day in day out and make enough money to basically take care of yourself and and do the basic things you want or just have millions and millions of dollars and kind of be miserable i don't think there's many people who would choose the big pile of cash over the the fulfillment and loving the and feeling really like purpose driven behind that. So I think the more people we have doing that in the world, the it's just the happier as a species will be. So I think that's really cool. And I love that concept. That, that quote. Who did you say said it? That if your if your vision can be accomplished in one lifetime, it's not big enough. Who said it that? Was Dan Barber. Oh, yeah. Dan is a chef in New York. He's he's amazing. Um. It's really worth watching. There's a Netflix series called The Chef's Table. Oh, I've, that, I've seen that, but I haven't I haven't watched it. I've seen that on there. Right. Yeah, the second episode is Dan Barber, and he's just amazing. He's so 8%. He's not just – he's like 
you know, it really, it's really important to me that the food tastes amazing. So for that to be the case, then I have to go and like deal with the farmers to look at their farming techniques. But now that I'm looking at the farming techniques, I realize it's actually the chemical composition of the soil. Oh, and we gosh. have to be mixing the soil in order to make the food taste good. It's just, he's amazing. He's such a, he's so 8%. He's such a passionate person. It's amazing. And I think the, pro the problem we have with the, with the lifestyle business is this idea of enough, that there's ever going to be enough money or enough in your, you know, oh man, I've made enough money to be able to go sit on a beach. That's the problem. It's a limitation. The business lifestyle is about having this incredible driving purpose that you want to make you more and do more and help more and be more people getting the result that they want to get. And that is so fucking exciting. That's that's what we're really for. And that's what you see the Dan Barbers and the Steve Jobs and the freaking Heston Blumenthal's and the incredible creators of this world. They will die in the saddle doing what they love doing because they love doing it and they will make millions of dollars because people love the passion that they bring to their marketplace. They're not in it to make enough money to pay the bills and go on holiday. They're in it to do what they love and that is why they'll make money. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, so, that's so right on. Guys, I love what you're doing. Um, I think this is so cool. It's been we're right, right here at about the, uh, the hour mark and it's been awesome awesome uh catching back up with you and hearing about some of the stuff you're doing um for all my for all my listeners out there if you if this resonates with you go check out the eight percent.com go check out also if if you like uh listening to gulliver you can find him on uh, bacon wrap business at gulliver dash giles g-i-l-e-s and you can listen to his presentation on sales but i mean i think the concept of the eight percent can really help transform a lot of people's lives. I think if you keep that in mind, uh, what when you're working, when you're building a business or whatever, think, hey, am I am I being an eight percenter here? Am I am I am I giving enough of a shit about what I'm doing to actually be excellent at it? And you know, if you're if it's a job that you're at, maybe you don't even want to be an entrepreneur, but you love you love what you're doing with work. If you are, if you're being excellent, if you're treating it like art, if you're putting your passion into it well you're going to be the person who climbs that ladder and uh in a sense and maybe you're running that business someday you never know but i think that mindset is really really important to have if this is your first time tuning in to bacon wrap business i want to encourage you to subscribe to the show if you're listening on itunes if you're on android you can listen to stitcher and you can subscribe to the newsletter where i share all of the you know the tips and tricks that i don't sometimes talk about on the air well, you know, sometimes I just share them with my best clients, etc. But I also share some other goodies that you might not get. Um, if you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do that as well. And if you want to find out more about, you know, Gulliver and Leela here, you can obviously go to the 8percent.com. And your other website is, is it strategicanarchy.com? Is that? Correct. Strategicanarchy.com. Cool. And that's where, that's the more business side, the sales and the, and the business building and the marketing side. But I love how you guys have both, you know, kind of combined. And I can't thank you enough for your time here. We are, we are out of time though. And I know you guys are just kind of kicking off your day. I'm ending mine. But uh, I can't wait to see you guys again next time you're in, you know, the States or Southern California. I guarantee we'll run it into each other somewhere, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us on. Love you, man. My thank pleasure. You. Love you guys too. And we will talk soon. Everybody else, catch up with you on the next episode. Thanks for hanging out with me. Rah.